This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Oh, a goal! My Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And it's a goal! Goes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! And we win this league anyway. Richie, he's hit it. It's Cadwell! Yeah! Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy! Remain unbeaten this season, but it was a frustrating one as Swindon failed to make the most against Doncaster Rovers this weekend, who played the entire second half with only 10 men due to Tommy Rose sending off here to discuss. It's Honor. Hello, Honor. Hello. Fresh from the Eco Power Stadium. We're recording this on a Saturday night, so thank you so much for doing this. That's okay. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Despite this game not being that <laughs> that good, we do luckily have plenty to talk about because it's been quite the do over the last 24 hours or so. It seems like deadline day was going to be a quiet one, and I think we got to about half 11 before very suddenly no like build up no like local journalists no ryan whelan saying somebody's gone pow jacob wakeling has left the club to join peterborough united on a free year deal uh, after the doncaster game it was described by michael flynn as a good fee too good to turn down a very generous offer it's a funny one with wakeling because I I can't proclaim to be absolutely distraught because I've said on this podcast many a time that I was a bit concerned with his dip in form, 
nobody ever questioned his effort. His effort was always 100%. It's been a year since his most fruitful spell in front of goal occurred with Swindon. I think four of his eight goals were scored by September and then he was kind of played out of position, wasn't he? What's your feelings on the the exit of Jake Wakeling? Yeah, a bit of a shock, like you said. No real build-up um, to it. Not, and normally, everyone kind of knows what's going to happen before it happens. But obviously, on this occasion, we didn't. Um, it's a strange one because, like you said, I I don't dislike him. Um, like always, a hundred percent effort. But ultimately, I think the reason we gave him the contract that we did was for when this happens, knowing that he would attract interest from from clubs and it's part of the part of our business that we can get in a good young player and sell him on essentially so it's it's a bit of um bit of a mixed mixed bag like good player um nothing nothing gets him but if we get an offer for him that's that's ultimately why we we gave him the contract we did to accept a bid for him and that's that's what's happened i think that's the kind of model that was maybe planned out last season whether we're then going to continue that with with the money we get in off of a player like Wakelin don't know but yeah just just wish him all the best really yeah I think so and I think you're absolutely right what what we've seen over the last 24 hours was exactly what the Kylie Sandro D. McKaylee model was all about finding young gems for free or for a minimal fee put them on a big contract. He started so well, they they gave him extra years. I think he was contracted until 2026. So he was scheduled to be at Swindon for a long time. And I think what's crucial here is that given my concerns about Jake Wakeling, I think any fee we would have received for him would have dwindled over time. So it was probably best now to strike while the irons are hot and having seen what's happened to Ricky Aguilar since he's had a longer term contract, they probably couldn't muck around when it when it come to considering this bid and hence why they've said it was a very generous offer and too good to turn down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, you know, the offer maybe in January we could have been looking at less if we'd have turned it down now. You don't know, he could have you can play and get injured. Football's that kind of game, and if you get an offer that you can't turn down, um, you know he wasn't essentially playing all of the time at the moment, anyways. Um, we've we've got to see other other strikers in if you get that kind of offer, because you, you don't know what's going to happen next Saturday. So I I think it was probably a good decision whether we then back it up with getting in a, a suitable replacement. That's that's a different conversation, but. No, I think like you've said it really well there. I mean, we've, we've got him in sold for I I can't even remember how we got him in, in the end, but no, got probably made a nice little bit of profit off of him. Um, hopefully, a bit of spending money for a few months' time. Yeah, I think the the fan base are split on what happens with that money. It's either going to be used to help bring two or three free agents in. It could be used. I think it's a six six figure fee. It could be used to help the club tick over until January it depends on where your mindset is with it with Swindon Town at the moment as to what will happen with that money but we will see yeah exactly yeah well it it didn't stop there last night well it kind of 
it kind of did. Johnny Leefield of the advert in his uh, mischievous final hours in the role told us that it might not all be over and to get the kettle on. And then I think he went to bed and and Swindon did try and bring some players or a player in. Post-match, Michael Flynn said a League One player decided to go elsewhere, which was a tough one to take because he thought that that was a... That was done. And then we were getting news emerging from the Northeast where it was suggested or stated, sorry, that Josh Umara, uh, Hartlepool United forward, uh, was a target for Swindon Town and that they had rejected an offer. Then it was confirmed that we put in a six-figure bid for Umara. And then we heard from BBC's Rob Law on X stating that Swindon's bid was at 9pm and it was a bid that was lower than what Hartlepool United have rejected already during the transfer window. And then a little bit more detail, which felt a little bit unnecessary, but it's obviously triggered many Swindon fans. And I would say fairly so, because for this National League centre forward, we put in an offer which could well have been six figures. I'm not disputing that, but it was a payment structure of three instalments over three years which was never going to be accepted was it no no when I um I read that information I found it a bit strange I mean there's especially you know if I do if we'd already offered something that's lower than what they'd already rejected and then said I will pay it to you over three years I don't think that's um a, a promising way to to do business I mean you know fair play for trying um can't can't fault that but yeah I, th- I think I said to you it's almost like I was trying to clarner him basically I mean would he even still be here in three years time um playing it we know in Swindon town we'd probably be paying him for him and he'd be long gone by then <laughs> yeah and um, the clarner observation has been quite common across the two fan bases um it's a very common thing installments for for players but I think what I'm thinking about at the moment is like this is late in the day transfer deadline bidding that that's not never gonna that's never gonna work never gonna yeah. work in a million years that that that's where I'm probably looking at that bid and thinking there was no way no way that was gonna get accepted yeah exactly like like you said transfer deadline day we We've just lost a player. Let's, you know, try and get something else over the line. You almost want to throw everything you possibly can at it um, to try and get that bit of excitement, you know, between the fans. Any transfer deadline day, you know, brings buzz, brings a buzz to people and excitement. And I just, I think there's quite a bit of a split. So obviously we are unbeaten, but I still think there's some uneasy feeling between some fans. And I think that would have been a really good message to a lot of us um who for some people are like I said in kind of two minds about things but it doesn't seem like we maybe threw everything we possibly could to get that deadline day done because obviously now the window's shut and that's that I mean if we worked on it throughout the summer maybe it would have been a different story but yeah it just it seems a bit of a strange one strange one to do in the last couple of hours yeah these things happen we're not going to proclaim to be experts at football business and so forth and I think you make a really fair observation that there has been an an uncomfortable amount of discourse 
bubbling within the fan base over the last couple of days. And I appreciate that might be a little bit rich coming from me because I'm dedicating episodes of this podcast to off the field issues and we'll be doing another one shortly, I'm sure. But it's hard to ignore that there is this divide being created within the fans where, uh, and everything's getting magnified. And even I will say that some of the stuff I've been hearing from fans is a little ridiculous. Um, I think there should be a focus on, on the issues, but things like transfer budget ultimately do fall into the same conversation when we're talking about how much money does Swindon have to operate and who is funding that because things have gone well, the, the purse strings have been tightened considerably over the last few months or so. And, it, and, you know, I could be asked, well, how do you know that? And my answer would be, look around. There were still fans yesterday on us saying, well, maybe Wakening going means that Dan Kemp will be bought on a permanent or Jake Young will be bought on a permanent. That's clearly not going to happen. And these are two clubs, MK Dons and Bradford who are selling clubs they want to sell these players but we couldn't we couldn't match the fee that they wanted you know we couldn't we couldn't go there so there is a little bit of tension and we probably would have liked a, a good result against Doncaster to ease that yeah definitely um a, a good result today and a good performance i think would have like you said eased a lot of the feelings at the moment i mean we're never going to be up there signing you know big names and lots of money but I just think from kind of when where we were at the end of last season I think there was a kind of a statement put out about having a competitive budget and things like that and I just don't think that's really come to fruition at all and I almost feel like it was potentially almost probably would have been better off not saying anything along those lines to give people that kind of hope um We've all been Swindon Town fans long enough to just not be really surprised by anything at all. Um, but a good result today, like you said, it would have put a lot of people's minds at ease and just given us another boost of confidence. I mean, obviously, um, we are still unbeaten, which I think is a positive that we should we should take forward, definitely. Um, but today just wasn't our, our day to get anything right it seems um you know obviously after a frustrating day yesterday deadline like last minute bit of transfer news I think we should have looked at days a clean state slate but it just didn't happen unfortunately no Andrew Carroll went to uh Amiens in France in the end who imagine my shock uh final points on uh transfers it's kind of becoming Michael Flynn's open and transparent buzz uh, term but he reiterated that he will not sign players for the sake of it but he does want to get things done he doesn't want to sign players clearly in November and December he wants his squad in place ahead of the winter because some of these free agents might not be match fit straight away we've talked a lot about Ryan Edwards I don't know where he's been training or if he's been playing since he got released or left under United but that's some time so he's got to get back to match fitness if that sort of transfer was to happen and of course some fans would say we've had all summer to sign free agents so again it gives this impression that is deflecting that we probably 
might not have the money to have this squad of 23 that Michael Flynn wants. And hopefully Jake Wakelin's transfer helps alleviate some of those concerns once he does bring in these free agents that are coming in, but not for the sake of it. Yeah, I, I do completely agree with him. We're not signing players for the sake of it. I think over the the years, we've had far too many people just taken up taken up a wage, essentially. Um, and when they were almost probably better off without them. I know there's been a lot of discussion really around squad depth and things like that. Um, and potentially these free agents who we get in, if they're not match fit yet hopefully you know if they're good enough and Michael Flynn sees something in them to be a good addition to the squad then it won't take them too long to get where they need to be and you know because we are we are lacking everyone knows obviously Michael Flynn still wants to bring a few more in which is you know good that he admits that I think um we're not just kind of being sold a dream with the squad that we've got at the moment but it is difficult the free agent market is not something that fills people with confidence either because you know you get the classic well if they're, if they're that good why are they why are they not why are they not playing somewhere but football is a funny game and people can't be playing somewhere for multiple reasons so I wouldn't look too much into you know that kind of argument of things but we've just got to really put faith in the club now and hoping that we can get the right players in and not just another a number just not a squad number because no one wants to see that and it, it's just the only promising thing I'll take from it is that Michael Flynn doesn't want to see that either um, and ultimately it's, yeah. it's him that's going to be making those decisions so fingers crossed we can find the right fit and they'll, I'm confident there'll be someone out there who can be helpful at the very least to get us where we need to be. Oh yes, helpfulness would be nice. I don't know if you've listened to any of the uh, the post-match on it because obviously you've been on the road, but again, I'm not a qualified psychologist or anything like that, but he does sound a little bit frustrated. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to all of it. I had a little listen to a clip earlier, but I can imagine it is frustrating for him. Um, obviously, you know, he comes in, he, he probably knows what he, who he wanted, what he wants. Um, and if you can't get that as a manager, I can imagine you would be disappointed for whatever reason that it's not been possible to sign who wants to sign. Obviously, we have to take everything with a pinch of salt, especially what we see on social media from different football room outlets and journalists, because we never know, like, oh, you know, we're linked, I think we were linked with multiple Newport players that played under him um, and things like that, but they're easy to draw links with. But I can imagine there has been thick players that he's wanted to bring in. And, you know, obviously, as he said, we did miss out on a League One player and as well as um, Umara. So it would be disappointing, but it's just, unfortunately, as a manager, there's only so much you can do in terms of the budget. You can you can make your list, but I don't know if it's always going to come in, sadly, but I can imagine he would be scratching at the bit to get in who he now wants to get in. If, if they're a free agent then hopefully it will be a little bit easier for him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, well, let's let's talk about 
Doncaster Rovers nil, Swindon Town nil. And the way we've started the season, I didn't think we'd see it this year, a nil-nil draw. But there it is straight away in front of 709 away fans, a wonderful showing by the town faithful, including yourself. Uh, it's a it's a it's a very much known eleven that Swindon are going for. Mahoney in goal, the usual back three now of Godwin Malife, Bruitt, and Blake Tracy, Hutton and Uakwe on the wings, McEachran and Khan in the middle, Kemp just ahead and Young and Austin up front. Later we would see Hepburn Murphy come on for Uakwe on the hour mark. Tyree Shade would come on for Khan, who will miss the next game. Um, as he's on international duty with the Gambia. He came off at 84 minutes and then just before injury time, Charlie Austin could play no more and off he came for Jake Kane, who was uh, filling the gap left by both Kinsella, who's injured, and the departed Jake Wakeling. So then, is is there an argument here? Because this was a very slack display. This is something that Michael... Flynn acknowledges, everybody who watched the game acknowledges that this was a very flat performance and we'll talk about the reasons why that could be. But is there an argument on that maybe we're playing the same system with the same players and we might not be getting or we might find ourselves in a situation where we won't see as much success because we're easy to scout? Yeah, I think that is... It's a difficult one, really, because in football, if you're if you if you've got a plan, you want to stick to it. Um, and now, like you said, that that eleven is quite a you know the standard one, really. Most of the players have been in it for the last f- few games. Um, it can be easy to figure out. They've, all they've got to do is probably watch. Well, obviously, just see see all of our goals and what we like to do. Um, I wouldn't say Doncaster particularly cracked the code today obviously I know they did have a man down for large majority of the games whether that had anything to do with it but it just didn't seem like obviously last week was especially the second half was brilliant um well the goals are brilliant (laughs) um but I just (laughs) I wouldn't go as far as maybe the whole game was brilliant but I just think it can be something that will be worked out easily especially by some of the better teams in the league and it's always good to have that you know it's been spoken about a lot in past seasons about having a plan b um and i i do think we will have one but it's just getting around to showing us and getting out the bag when we need it because i think that if we could carry on obviously with the same kind of system it will be needed sooner rather than later. Yeah, and yeah, and I appreciate we scored six goals last week, five goals the week before that. Uh, it's very quick for me to say, are we getting found out after one nil-nil draw? It's got. It might be a narrative going forward. The opening stages of this game, from you know me watching remotely and you watching in the game, it felt like you know it, it's not a great game. It's not one of those ones where. I think anyone was going, oh, this is going to happen soon. It's going to happen any minute. The first 10 minutes seemed like Swindon had the better of the ball and the opportunities. And maybe fans were sat there going, oh, well, here we go again after having a good time against Everton. They they might have been getting flashbacks to uh, to previous losses. But then between 
10 and 20 minutes, Doncaster got back into it, but they weren't very good. There was a disastrous free kick routine that I can remember, but Broadbent and Westbrook both t- tested Mahoney. Um, would, would you say that was fair? Without there being any absolute huge chances, Swindon started brighter, getting the ball in with nobody in the middle, and then Doncaster sort of got back into it for a little bit. Yeah, no, I would say that was very fair. I think there was a point in the game, like you mentioned, where it almost looked like we were the ones who had played midweek rather than Doncaster. Um, but it was never that kind of... It, it wasn't an exciting game, like, like you mentioned. And there was a bit of time where when Doncaster were did have maybe a little bit of the upper hand, still weren't particularly worried. He didn't think that they were going to score at any point um they just probably had a bit more of the ball and things like that but yeah it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't worried when they had the ball I think that was more of a Doncaster problem than we were doing well um I I don't think they looked all that great um and it's probably results like today against teams like Doncaster where we'll look back in a few months time and that it's the results that we should have we should have picked up two more points today. Um, we, I think we should have, we should have walked away three points. But ultimately, as, you know, it's a it's a point. It was a point. It was a point. And I yeah. think for the first time, I'm 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 always not pessimist with this, but it's it's a it, it's an argument with no exact answer. But I do think there is a legitimate argument that we should be on maximum points right now. I completely agree. Yeah, and, and I think this was a, a missed opportunity. Before we, we talk about the refereeing, because it all goes a little bit crazy from about half hour onwards on that front, because it was it was simmering, but it didn't start like a game that the referee would just end up getting bored and decide to make up <laughs> make up yeah. how he wanted this, this game to play out. Because... As I, as I mentioned before, it felt like there was a pretty clear directive to get the ball in the box. And we were pumping it into the right places, but there wasn't a, an attacker there to meet it. And then post-match, it's sort of suggested by Flynn that that's not what he wanted. He wanted the, the, the passing and to get into the box. And we were just making the wrong decisions. There were some great moments. Saidu Khan did a lovely ball over the top for Kemp in Instead of getting a touch, he sort of anticipates the bounce, and I think he wants the uh, the Doncaster defender to sort of foul him, and he tumbles just outside the box, and no fouls given. There was a moment where Young almost uh, caught Lawler in goal out with a with a little chip. Um, there was a cross by Wackway, and that met the the head of Charlie Austin, and it just went wide. I think Lawler was comfortable with it going wide, but you know it, it looked close at the time. And it just felt like okay, well maybe maybe this this is gonna this is gonna happen if we're just patient. And then the 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 last fifteen minutes of the of the first half, and I've said it so many times on this podcast that I will not blame a referee for the outcome of a result. But in terms of entertainment, he ruined it for both sides today, and it started from the thirtieth minute. Yeah, I mean, I. I do agree with you. I think the, that game would have been a nil-nil, no matter what referee was at that game. But it was just bizarre. Some of the decisions that he made, 
and or didn't make for for both teams like you said I think I I did say probably about five minutes before um Doncaster went down to 10 that there's there's no way this game ends with both with, with 22 players because he was just some of the some of the things that people got booked for I think were a little bit harsh and some of the things people got away with were just I think it may have been young I can't quite remember on he literally just got shoved off the ball um and then there was another there were some more in our own half like fouls by our players I didn't see too well because it was down the front of the pitch that were just kind of left um and you're just thinking it's a bit and Doncaster fans, rightly so, having them. But each set, each sets of fans are just, I think, baffled by it. It was, it was strange. Um, and just towards the end of the game, uh, there was like a two-handed shove on Kemp in front of goal, and I think that for most people was the the cherry on the cake. Swindon fans for the referee's performance <laughs> today. Um, but Charlie Austin's yellow card, um, I haven't watched it back, but just. Upon seeing it, he was sandwiched between. T- I don't think there was a foul in it at all, but from Doncaster or for or us, he was just sandwiched between two players, and and the refs booked him. I, it was yeah, it was strange and um, definitely it definitely got people's emotions going um, <laughs> in the away end. How how are your emotions, Anna? How are your emotions? I mean, the first few I was a bit like, oh, what what's he doing, and then. You're just baffled by it, really. You just think, what is he doing? What I just love to know what's going through his head, um, and some of the arguments for, like I said, some decisions and some lack of decisions that he maybe made or didn't make. Yeah, it, it was frustrating because sometimes it's hard. It's hard for an official. It's it's a tough gig. I don't know why anyone would go into that racket. I honestly do not know, but sometimes games are made hard by the players and and this time this game was made hard by the referee uh, because some of them were very very minor some of them were just something and nothing and some of them were just outright wrong the one that wasn't incorrect was Tommy Rose red card and I don't think anyone can argue that well I say that but Doncaster fans seem to think that Footballers can do sweet chin music on on footballers. Um, Tommy Rowe getting the boot up um, onto George McEachran's face and um, Doncaster fans seemingly not happy with that. And I think they were booing George McEachran after that, weren't they? I mean, it's it's a red. Yeah, no, I, um, I almost didn't really see it when it happened because it was so quick, but I've watched it back and I don't think there's any way you can really argue it. I think if it was the other way round, the Doncaster fans and the, you know they wouldn't be saying that's not a red. Um, I yeah, it was a bit of a weird kind of foul to make. I almost don't think he saw him really. But yeah, he's not watching. He's not watching, which which adds to why it's dangerous play because yeah. he's got no no awareness of what's around him and he's he's taken out George McEachran. So I think that just adds to why that decision was correct. Yeah, definitely. I I do agree with a red card for that one. Um, and yeah, I, I can't. If that, like I said, if it's the other way round, there's no way that Doncaster fans are appealing that. So yeah, right decision there. Yeah, and it's always funny with football fans because my sort of reaction was okay. Now 
let's make the most of the advantage. And everyone around me who I'm talking to is just like, oh, bloody hell, we're not going to, it's nil-nil, that's it. Let's go home. It's not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna get three points from this. And ultimately, they proved right. But I was like, "Oh, is is that? I want to see that. I want to see the the statistics on this of when teams go down to ten men early on because we played a whole half against ten men. What what the uh, what the final scores are in this? Because so many people were like, "No, that's it, nil nil." Yeah, I think um, especially. Uh, I know it was mentioned in our WhatsApp chat, but you do think back to like the Gillingham game last season um, against ten men. It does, you know, when you've got ten men behind the ball, it ultimately does make it more difficult. But it would be interesting to see, out of all the times that we've played against ten, what kind of scoreline we'd be looking at. Like, like you said there, I think it's because you do think you're getting an advantage with it um but obviously Doncaster just you, you just go part of the bus then you know you're playing for the draw really at that point um so it's a difficult one you would like to think we take the advantage I know um a few people around because it happened just before half time a few people were saying let's you know try and go for it now because before they have time to reshuffle and you know get get their plan sorted Obviously, half time gives them a chance to do that. So if we, you know, it would have been good if we could have capitalised almost instantly, but it, it was just never going to happen today. Yeah, and, and and this is when you have fans looking at the bench and thinking, who are the game changers? Who who can help with this? And I think there are a couple of players that that could assist with that. I think we we second we started the second half, the very first few minutes of it, quite lively. Again, we're just trying to get the ball in the box without any real awareness of who's in there. You cannot argue with their proactiveness going forward, but there was definite there was a definite lack of awareness to make sure that the ball that they're playing is the killer ball, I would say. Yeah, there was a lot of wasted balls into the box that were very easy for the goalkeeper to collect. And a lot of just Yeah, I d I don't think there was much thought. I think it was just a one way system almost of one way train of thought of let's just put it in the box and we we're never really gonna we didn't look like we were gonna win anything aerially really and there's Charlie Austin header that you mentioned um but there was yeah there wasn't much proactiveness into the final ball the end product was definitely lacking yeah it just seemed very tired didn't it maybe this is the the fatigue setting in, it may just be one of those days. I mean, the major talking points of the second half, as far as Swindon are concerned, are the two penalty shouts. And I've watched them a couple of times. One, I can give the benefit of the doubt for, but the one on Charlie Austin, his arm is over across his chest. I, I don't understand how that that isn't a penalty. I mean, I think the the Rashan Hepburn Murphy one has a has a decent case, and I know everyone's holding everyone's bloody shirts in these sort of scenarios. But at the end of the day, forgive that awful term, they're all over them, and we did not win today because of of, of anything other than our it was our own undoing. You know, the one point today, we we should have been more aggressive and really, really sort of push them and push them until until finding the the right opportunity but 
oh, they look like penalties to me. Yeah, no, there were definitely a few very valid shouts. Um, and I think it's just all in comparison. You know, you go back a couple of weeks ago to the Wrexham penalty and looking, I'm looking back at that, that's not penalty. So there's just no, like, consistency. And I think they today we definitely should have had at least one penalty. Um I think it makes it difficult for the players as well because you almost never know what's going to happen next. What's going to be given one week might not be given the next. Um, but the Doncaster players were very... Um, don't know if this is really a word, but very like hand, handsy, very hands-on, especially with um, Charlie. Even when they were attacking, I think in the first half I saw it quite a lot on Godwin Malfi's shirt, just just shirt pulling like aggressively like like you said you mentioned they were aggressive um but yeah I think we were unlucky not even the referee didn't even give it a second thought I don't think it didn't even cross his mind that it could have been a penalty judging by his reactions um but yeah no it was if that's what makes it frustrating as well just every week I think it's a different kind of foul that's going to be given something that might get you a penalty one week, won't even get you a look, won't even get a second, second thought the next. Oh, and then there was the big chance. Brewitt does a nice little ball to Young, who weaves himself into a good position to cross the ball in. I think he's trying to see if uh, Doncaster players will connect with his ankle, but he, he dinks across to the far post to Charlie Austin. His effort should be on target. If it is on target, Lawler's not going to stop that at all because it's going into the far post. But it shouldn't matter because Rashawn Hepburn Murphy is there to tap in. Just no words, really. I think the liner even had his flag up. Oh. Yeah, it, it was still a massive chance, though. And whether you've got you've got to be finished. If you get flagged offside a second later, you get flagged offside. But I think he'll be disappointed that he didn't make a connection on that. Um, because I did think that obviously when he came on today, I, I do like Hepburn Murphy. He did have a bit more of um, you know, he's he had a bit of an impact. I think today he was not afraid to take on the, the Doncaster players. Um, so I think he would have been disappointed with that. Um, but it was a a big chance. Maybe next week, any other day he scores that. I think it's a tough one for Hepburn Murphy at the moment because Jake Young can't be dropped maybe Charlie Austin might sit one out coming up we've got two home games coming up against Sutton and Walsall on Saturdays from an hour onwards he wasn't much use to us <laughs> Charlie Austin unfortunately just just seems shattered yeah I, I don't think it would be a bad shout to rotate him and Hepburn Murphy um, I think that would probably be quite beneficial for us in the next couple of weeks um, like I've just mentioned, I like Hepburn Murphy. I think he is. He can definitely bring something to the team that Austin can't. You know, obviously, just because of um, just their their ages and things like that. He's got a lot of energy, also, and um, he can score goals. We, we've seen that. I think it would probably be. I would like to see him and Young um, playing together, and maybe then that gives Austin a bit of time to rest, or maybe even come on to make an impact um but yeah it is a difficult one for him at the moment but I I have no doubt that Mike Flynn will 
work it out and get get everyone happy with um getting them played and we'll be back in business with Hepburn Murphy in no time I think. Yeah and, and the the lack of games in midweek will only help Swindon on that front. Well there we go. It was nil nil. Um two penalties should have gone our way and the biggest chance of the game in my opinion was offside so it it didn't really matter either way. That pretty much sums it up. Post match Michael Flynn said simply not good enough. He thought that we were very poor, uh, not good enough in the final third, slow in decision-making, played into their hands. He said that a lot of times across the interviews. Referee didn't give us a thing. I thought it was an abysmal performance. That might result in an email <laughs> over the next few days. Um, that's a game we should have won. We should have had two penalties for pulled shirts, uh, and it's but it's another clean sheet away from home. Let's have some listeners' contributions and we'll come back and uh, well, we'll wrap this pod up. Hello, everybody. Summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. OK, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the Chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi LSPod fans, it's JR here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Possession. Here's Reed trying to drive forward, attempts to chip across into the box, headed away by Ellis. Won't reach McCurdy, who goes down very flamboyantly there, you'd have to say, under the challenge of Moxon. But Swindon are pressing, trying to win the Carlisle ball outside the box. And Wakeling has done so and put Swindon into the lead with their first goal of the season after 291 minutes. Wakeling's first goal in professional football. Okay. Listeners' contributions now. The Venerable Abbott Dave is looking for post-match thoughts and feelings after Doncaster along with anything that you'd like to say about the closing of the transfer window recently. We'll start with Leap. He says, I presume the referee gets the three points for that performance. As for us, just couldn't pass the ball well today. Doncaster made it scrappy. Paul Temple with seemed a bit lethargic and like the fans, we are all so disappointed with the transfer window. Lacking in depth, and it will show very soon when international calls come. Also, when playing against loney owners. Feel sorry for Flynn, as he does need quality backup. Man of the match, 
McEachran. Paul D says, Jakey wakey, hearty breaky. Whew. Goals have dried up since Jacob left. It's all over. Should have had enough to get all three points against the Donny side, down to 10 men and low on confidence, but we looked flat, especially in the second half. The unbeaten run continues, but feels more like points dropped. Matt says, take a clean sheet. A point is disappointing after playing 10 men, though credit to Doncaster who defended well and because they were tight and defended as a unit, it didn't allow us any space to play in and break through. Unlike the space Crawley and Wrexham gave us, man of the match, brew it. Bernie Man says a mediocre at best. Game completely ruined by a bizarre refereeing performance. The point away from home is acceptable, but always feared we would struggle to break them down after the red. Lots of five and six performances and no real sevens and eights. Back three solid, so Dokes gets man of the match. Nick says, satisfied with a point away at Donny, despite their current league position. A bit disappointing that we couldn't make extra man cost, but still unbeaten. Man of the match, Hutton. Pete Marsh says, man of the match, Khan. Was the ref on something? Town were off it, didn't play well. A point might be seen as good at the end of the season as Donny looked decent and will climb the table. Jason says, we were off the pace from last week, but I feel the referee was appalling for both teams. The red was valid, but his general officiating was terrible. No man of the match, no one deserved it. Bruett is going to get sent off soon, so we better have a free agent up our sleeves. Daz says, just didn't click today, too slow in the build-up and a shocking ref for both sides, but still unbeaten and averaging two points a game is positive. Mike Dixon says, I was worried that games appropriate for Dan to sigh were a thing of the past. Huh. And Craig Clark says, poor performance, poor window, man of the match, brew it. SN1 Insider says, frustrating we couldn't capitalise versus the 10 men, but Doncaster were resolute, fair result. Transfer window, I wonder what Kylie's cut of the Wakeling fee is, given he was someone he identified. Rob Dinsey says, disappointing but not disastrous. Game and transfer window. Batch says, a bit lacklustre under the circumstances, but it's a point away from home. Martin Crook says, defence looks good, with the old shrug emoji. Neil McLaughlin says, joke of a ref, but we also made a lot of poor decisions at times. Brewitt, man of the match, highlight of the day, meeting Dan Designs. Robert Hammond said, frustrating, but would have taken a point at 3pm. Man of the match, Blake Tracy. Reserve judgment on recruitment in case of out-of-contract players. Ben says, referee completely ruined that game for both sides. Waste of time and a waste of a Saturday trekking up to watch that dross. Alex Smith says, decent tempo in the first 20 minutes, then slowed it down unnecessarily. Unlike Forest Green game, we didn't apply the pressure. A point away from home is good, but could have been all three if more forceful. Hutton, man of the match. Tom Elliott says, Flynn analysed the performance well, slow, with imprecise passing. 
Doncaster was solid, mediocre League Two side who were there for the taking. Ruit, man of the match, and have a strong, competitive performance. Flynn sounds really frustrated with the transfer situation. SM4750 says, not sure whether not having a game midweek has made them lose their ruthlessness in front of goal, but hey, we remain unbeaten. Onwards and upwards. Mark Cox says, dire game, turned off after an hour. Ref was truly awful, but at least it was the same for both sides, fortunately. Lack of depth and options, a massive concern, especially when we hit the winter months. But I'll take a point, clean sheet, and still unbeaten. Ben says, can't win every game, can't play. Well, every game, point away from home, two clean sheets on the spin, it'll do. Up the Wakeling selling reds. We'll finish with Paul Wolf, who says a very frustrating game. The ref did not help. Apart from the obvious red, he was very inconsistent. We did not take advantage of the extra player. We did not spread the ball enough. They obviously did their homework well. Finally, what a cracking ground. Okay, so I think everyone's on the same page with this. The referee ruined the game. We were quite slow and lethargic. It's not the end of the world. It's a good point. We're usually historically rubbish against Doncaster Rovers. I think we we won there last year, thanks to Jake Wakeling. But it's hard not to cite depth being an issue. Um, And a lot of love. And this is what I've penciled in the opportunity to talk about individual performances. But a lot of people are enjoying our, our back three of Bruitt's. Uh, Godwin Malife and Blake Tracy, and they seem to be clicking really quite well at the moment. What what did you think of their performance today? Because a lot of the man of the match shouts are to those three players. You can't not credit the defence. I think they all do bring something a little bit different, which is maybe why they work. Godwin, Godwin Malife, obviously a bit more of a runner with the ball, not afraid to take people on. Um, Blake Tracy I've noticed quite a lot recently as well moving forward with the ball and being in areas you wouldn't necessarily expect Um, Brewitt um, gets his head on everything manhandles a couple of players um, beforehand but um, you know ultimately he is there to mop up most of the time Um, so I I think they I think they did well today Um, Mahoney didn't have too much to do but he did he did have one save uh, that uh, was quite a good one. I, I, I do like him. I think as a unit, it does seem to be working at the moment. I don't think we can really doubt that today, especially. Um, I wouldn't say they had t- too much to deal with. They all, I, I do like, I do think it works. Are, are they getting so much praise more for their attacking sort of style? Is that why they're getting so much praise? I mean, not much is going past them and I'm all for that and I'm acknowledging that 100%. But like you like you say, all three of these players bring something attacking to the team, which we don't see usually from all of the the defensive, well, from all of the centre-backs. So it's quite exciting when you see them surge forward. Petrifying too sometimes because it leaves gaps all over the bloody shot. But as, as every game goes by, their understanding seems to be getting better and better. Yeah, um, ex- exactly that. Obviously, there is always a risk uh, when you're one of your centre-backs goes goes for a little run. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because they, they have to rely on someone else to cover for them which I don't think always happens 
um, or just vomit and you get him back. But I think it's, I think Blake Tracy is really sticks out for me out of those three as being. I'm not sure. Maybe I've just noticed it a bit more this season. But when he's moving forward, you do kind of notice him more of like a midfield area. And we do seem to be almost pushing a lot more. One thing I noticed um, in the crew crew game, first first home game, is that we weren't really leaving anybody back at times. It was quite um, a big attacking push. Um, obviously, Mike Flynn is normally used to working with quite big centre-halves and, um, and defenders, which... I don't think we've particularly got that, but they're 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 making it work. They're doing a job, um, and you know credit where credit's due. Today, they they dealt with everything that they they could, um, and yeah, I I do think they do deserve some of the the credits that they got and man of the match shouts. So you know, as long as they keep it up, then that's that's all we need to worry about. Yeah, absolutely right. So in terms of the listeners, man of the match, it was quite a wide net of of nominations um blake tracy Bruitt, godwin malife hutton khan mckechran all getting nods looked like it was going to be tom Bruitt's for a little while then it looked like it was going to be hutton's but udoka godwin malife gets the listeners man of the match who gets the pods honor you get the you get the you get to choose i was thinking about this um I'm going to go with Blake Tracy. Um, okay. But I, I think that, yeah, I think Blake Tracy. Let's, let's go with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, he's rapidly becoming one of my favourite players. Not without fault, but um, yeah, big fan. So there we go. We're in disagreement with the listenership for only the first time this season. Listeners go with Godwin Malife and we go Blake Tracy and that's fine. I mean, it was pretty even between the three centre-backs for this one. Literally one or two votes here or, here or there. So um, very, very close. In, in previous seasons, I would have said give it to all three, but now I'm taking my spreadsheet seriously and that can't happen. There we go. Lovely. So I'm looking at September now uh, before we close on a, and I'm seeing Sutton home, Walsall home, Morecambe away before a tricky October when we go back to back away, Notts County and Bradford. There's some points up for grabs here, isn't there? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think we have to take advantage of of this whilst we can. Obviously, like I said, I do think we've both been in agreement that I think at the moment we could have maximum points and we've, we've shown what we can do. We've shown we can score goals. We've shown that we can defend. I think this next month is huge for us really now to boost confidence amongst everyone, the team, the fans. And just, yeah, I don't think there's any reason why we can't pick up pick up points and win games, score goals and have like a real good feel, good factor around the club again because it all goes back to putting people at ease. And I think this is a really good month to to show people what we're capable of. We've seen glimpses of it, um, but it's just making it consistent now. Yes, indeed. Well, here is hoping we'll be back later in the week to prepare for Sutton and maybe a, another pod in the middle. Until then, Honor, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for having me. Good run by him and now match goal. 
The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 